Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time, and uh, we're really glad to be with you. Now, we're going to be on a two-day delay for our show here, so some of the things we talk about may have already been decided, uh, so you need to keep that in mind, uh, because we are recording uh, at the end of the weekend. And uh, But uh, the news is not good in America. It's not good at all. And uh, we're going to get to that in a minute with our guest, Darren Weeks. We're going to talk about what happened in Michigan. I, I am stunned that anyone in Michigan would vote for their own enslavement, and that's effectively what they're doing. I mean, from the fake FBI kidnapping to, well, we'll get into all of it. But just, I'll hold my tongue here for just a minute. But let me go to um, our board here of what we want to make available to you. Uh, we are focusing on very... Um, uh, pointed products here on the Common Sense Show. I think things are going to get very dark if the Democrats do hang on, and it looks like they're going to in both houses. If they do hang on, uh, this has been a coup, and a coup is followed by a purge. And the way, one of the ways to avoid a purge is to be prepared. So we talked to you about storable food. Go to preparewithdave.com. There's a great special there right now. A great special. Not They have not raised their prices. 25-year shelf life, and the quality is great. This is the number one company in the country. And if you haven't done this, you need to do this because they will use food to manipulate you. And it's coming, and it's coming quickly with the railroad strike that's looming. If the mechanics go out, the, the railroad workers are going out, and then you've got the diesel situation, the food plants burning down, over 110. So, anyway, word from the wise, preparewithdave.com. Also, too, you still have limited time to diversify your assets. Uh, John Kerry has said that they are uh, after ending capitalism, and so you need to get the hell out of the bank as much as you can, and you need to diversify like I have. I've been a customer of Noble Gold for four years myself, and you need to have a conversation with them. So give them a call at 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347, and uh, the, the details are all there. The details when you call them, and you have to close all deals. So asset diversification ahead of the coming uh, tsunami their way that they'll make stick like we did, uh, you really need to diversify. And then finally, one more thing here. Um, I just read an article about this where they say Western capitalists are going to have to get used to 15 minutes of energy an hour. I'm not joking. This is coming out of the uh, climate change conference. I don't know that that's rigid. I don't know if it's a regular pattern, but I just know it signals intent. And so if the grid goes down, you've got to scavenge for water, correct? Well, that's why we have the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. The research is on site at waterwithdave.com, and you'll see they're number one in the industry. They, too, have not raised their prices. You can go to waterwithdave.com, order yours today. We recommend one for each family member because if you're scavenging, carrying volume could become an issue. So go to waterwithdave.com. These are the things that we think that you should be moving towards doing. In fact, actually, we like to say food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine, and tools. If they do solidify power, and I do believe they're, they're centralizing and they will uh, turn this into a, a total police state, one of the ways to avoid being ensnared in that initial net is to be independent with your resources. Uh, Darren Weeks has a great show called Govern America. I had the privilege of being on it recently, 
and of all things we talked about voter fraud in Maricopa County uh, which I've already done a couple of shows on with uh, eyewitnesses who were there and saw what happened but um, uh, we're back here we're going to talk about Michigan we're going to talk about uh, uh, the kind of what ifs if uh, the Democrats are able to steal this election and its finality so Darren welcome to the show I'm glad you could join us well, uh, thank you very much, Dave, for having me, and th- welcome, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm glad that you're listening to Dave, and uh, we are in some interesting, challenging times, aren't we? Uh, it's the end of our democracy as we know it, our republic form of democracy. The, de- the Democrats' definition of democracy are two wolves and a sheep deciding who's for dinner. Uh, no, yeah. co- no constitutional liberties, you know, no guaranteed rights, no prohibitions on government. Anything that they need to do, they will do. Well, I don't, uh, I, you know, I kind of take a little bit of a different approach or a different take on this. I, 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 really, I know that there's a lot of uh, doom and gloom out there, a lot of people who, you know, and certainly my wife was so disgusted she wanted to leave the state after the election. And I told her, I said, well, the problem is, is if you don't, number one, our jobs are here, and number two, uh, you have to kind of cl- cl- do the best you can to clean up the corruption where you are. And there are things people can do. I think most people get frustrated and discouraged when they don't have a direction for uh, remedy. And, and it certainly looks like our directions for remedy are running out. But there are still places where we can be involved. And I said on, on our show, the show that you were on, on the 12th of November, uh, which people can listen to at governamerica.com. You can go into the archives there and Dave's in the final hour. But one thing that I said during that show is that we have to focus, I think, refocus our attention on the state and local government. And the federal government is very out of control uh, to the point where, I mean, you, you really aren't going to be able to do anything about it unless you can get your local government cleaned up first. And there's no shortage of corruption here in, I know, my state, and I'm, I'm sure every state has its share of corruption. Anytime you have people involved, you have sinful creatures and they're corrupt. But, uh, you know, for instance, our, our we have a chairman of the GOP here in Michigan, Ron Weisner, and he is uh, in the process right now of denying funding for candidates uh, who are MAGA or populist candidates in the state. I mean, yeah, this so guy... He's is, one of them, yeah. He's one of those gatekeepers. What I would describe, in my opinion, as a rhino Republican. And so these are the people that you need to expose and you need to uh, do the best you can to get your move. But there are, there are other things. I mean, really there was a, uh, a candidate, uh, and I know I'm hesitant to use his name because he's somebody that has been respected very well in this state until just recently. His, I'll just go ahead and say his name. His name is Matt DiPerno. He was a candidate for attorney general here in the state. My daughter is, has become very involved in state politics as well here. And uh, she, in fact, she was a precinct delegate. She pulled in this last election. I'm very proud of her. But she uh, she witnessed Matt DiPerno laughing at his donors. Uh, he he conceded before many people felt that it was a warranted uh, thing. The thing was still being challenged. There's there's all of this fraud everywhere, and I can give you some examples. And 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 Matt DePernel, uh threw in the towel, and everybody was demanding to know because I mean you've got some people in the state that have given his campaign thousands of dollars, and they wanted to know why did you concede? And he just laughed at them, and said, uh, "What have you done?" And you know, and he said this to a number of different people that were standing around, 
And one person said, I gave you thousands of dollars. Another, another one said, I worked at your polling location or I tried to work there and I was denied. And, and, and so he's laughing at these people who have given him thousands of dollars. It's just unconscionable. And this guy is a constitutional attorney, supposedly, and as I said, attorney general candidate. Um, so there's there's a number of other things that have happened here in the state of Michigan. You, you have um, this, Ann Arbor was uh, registering people after the deadline of 8 p.m. Uh, they were not supposed to register anybody after 8 p.m. and they were registering people. I know you had a situation in your state with you know what we call Sharpie Gate, where they're using giving people voters sharpies which bleed through the ballot and to the other side you're saying this happened in michigan too absolutely it happened, happened in arizona michigan. twice 2020 and 2022 yeah this is a tactic and, and 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 folks it may seem like a small thing but it's not a small thing because all of these things add up with various locations i mean you know you would think that elections are something brand new dave that we don't know how to conduct election. All of a sudden, it's just like this developed country, the United States, you know, which has been traditionally the most wealthy country in the world. We could argue that that's not the case. Yeah, I know. Listen, I can't believe that we can't get this right. We can send solar system probes out. We can leave the nine planets. We can send back material, and we can't run an election in one day. Yeah, and we can't count the votes in one day. I'm getting strange no. noises coming in. Yeah, I and, thought those were coming in on your end. They are, um, and I'm not sure where they're coming from. This is a routine occurrence. I was doing a show with Doug Thornton, from uh, former DHS guy, the other day, and we had the theme from the NFL piped in. No so, kidding. So, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. Um, and we do the precautions here. Um so, but anyway, it seems to have abated. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry about well, that. It'll be an interesting hour anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting hour. Um, if, if indeed this all gets solidified and the Democrats steal another election, um, I'm going to say this. Um, for my money, it's a waste of time to continue to do the same thing and expect a different result. Their cheating conditions are unbelievably similar to 2020, but they're even better at what they're doing now. Um, and and the thing is, is they do it in front of people. There are uh, there are accounts now in the Gateway Pundit involving my county in Maricopa County, and mm -hmm. uh, just fraud right in front of the public, and no one cares. And just like Washoe County, the lights go out for for nine hours and. Uh, uh, and all of a sudden the numbers change dramatically by about a 15,000 vote flip and and people don't even I mean I would people should be in the streets right now but here's the deal it, it's it's going to come down to we can't get the process back we I don't think we can Darren we don't control the uh, media uh, we don't control the county clerk and recorders we're losing key governorships where they don't already control the election process so I, my personal belief, it, it's time for massive civil disobedience. We just don't do anything that they pass out of Washington. Well, that's one approach, and I, I, 
I have to disagree with you slightly. No, on, let, let, yeah, I want to do the compare and contrast. Right. Go ahead, please do do disagree. I think there are things we can do and we must do if we're going to preserve our constitutional republic. Uh, part of you know, first of all, voting. There may not be anything that you can do with regard to voting. When you show up, you have no guarantee your vote is is counted or has been counted since you've started voting, actually. Uh, but we still continue to vote up. I, I think you have to show up. You have to show up and vote, continue to vote, but don't let that be the extent of your activism. And that's the problem is I, I think for generations people have trusted the ballot. And there has been no guarantee that the, your vote has been counted up till now. So we have to continue to sh- – because if you don't show up, you've guaranteed they don't even have to bother trying to rig the election at that point. I do hear that. The sentiment you just expressed, I, I'm hearing a lot, and I totally yeah, understand but, but, the but, but it's a totally futile, 100% destined-to-fail act to continue okay, but to even vote. If it is, even if it is, I still think you have to show up, and I'll tell you why. That's not the extent of your activism, however. Then you work with your local officials, and there's a movement here in Michigan. I, I, I know there's probably similar movements in other states to try to root out the corruption, and I'm going to give people direction today okay. on where to go to to do just that. I mean, we there the criminality is off the charts, and, and it's being aided and abetted by the officials who are in charge, at least in this state, and I'm sure probably other states as well. Uh, the the Republican officials, shame on you if you're a Republican official and you're helping to aid and abet the criminality that's going on along the Democrat lines, and all of these people who are involved in that need to be exposed and they need to be rooted out. Now, you know, we had the Gateway Pundit has done a good job at reporting a lot of this fraud. Uh, They reported a a U-Haul van uh, that made two drops uh, at the Detroit counting centers. Uh, I think it used to be called the TFC Center or something like that. And uh, they made two drops in the middle of the night. Uh, which which gave Whitmer a lead at a time when Dixon was leading. Uh, so that was going on. They also reported on Michigan activists who witnessed Penske trucks. Uh, they actually did two separate cars in the these activists were following this Penske truck uh, going to a warehouse at 3 a.m. across the street from a, pr- a printer warehouse where the ballots were being kept. And uh, they observed a lot of very suspicious activity uh, in the middle of the night. And so that... Those are the types of things that need to be reported. Uh, we have our Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, uh, who, who has been found by a court to be violating campaign law. Uh, everything this woman has done is designed to weaken our election system. Uh, I think there was like four or five separate court uh, rulings that found that she had violated the law. And nothing so, will happen to her. I'm predicting that right now. It never does. There is a case in Arizona where the mayor of San Luis, Arizona, is currently in jail for a ballot uh, stuffing scheme. The mayor of the town. Of course, we're told there's absolutely no imperfect elections in Arizona, but uh, there's someone sitting in jail. But that's a rare occurrence, Darren. I mean, look at Hillary. 33 felonies identified by the FBI director on national TV, and she's not even investigated beyond that. Yeah. It's it's I, I realize it's frustrating, but the more people are involved and have eyeballs on all of this and do what they can to come down to a precinct level and get all of this stuff out in the open so that it can be challenged. But see, the problem is now we're running on a clock 
because the votes here in Michigan anyway are designed to be certified, I think, about the 22nd, November 22nd, the certification date. So we're kind of on a, on a stringent timetable here. But there's, you know, just to, just to run around, there, there, there's a candidate for Secretary of State, Christina Caramo, and she she wrote a letter uh, to the people of the state, and she says, as our team monitored Election Day activities, we received multiple reports of election law violations and other irregularities throughout multiple counties. And she names off a few of them, which include uh, municipalities refusing to perform their legally mandated duty to make public the number of absentee ballots received as required per the law by 8 a.m. and 9 p.m. Uh, citizens arriving at the polls only to be told they already voted absentee. Yeah. Uh, the Ann Arbor clerk arrogantly committing election crimes by illegally accepting absentee ballots past 8 p.m. That's the thing I was mentioning earlier. Registering people to vote past 11 p.m. and registering non-Michigan residents to vote in Michigan elections. Uh, the Ann Arbor clerk told the witness that the current Secretary of State approved it. So these are the types of things, the types of games that are going on right now. And so a part of what we have to do is educate the public to understand why this is so important. And it's not a partisan issue. That's the thing that people need to be under. A lot of the people on the left think that the right wing people, the conservatives are, you know, throwing a fit about this. They're under the illusion by the media that this is just well, just sore losing and stuff. But when you can point to documented evidence, and this is why it's very important to have critical information. And while I'll, I'll, I'll tell as we go on a little bit before the end of this hour, I want to tell your listeners exactly how we can gather some information that are, is documented information that we can present potentially uh, to get a court injunction. Because there's a movement right now in the state of Michigan to try to get a court injunction to stop the certification of this election. Why and would the, the courts be any different now than they were two years ago? Uh, let, 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 me, let me ask a question a different right. way. Okay, Donald, Donald Trump was a direct participant in the election, yet he was told, we're not hearing your case because you don't have standing. In other words, they're saying, please don't even try this with us. We're not going to listen to anything you have to say, no matter how valid the claim. Well, you never quite know how. There, there have been some, you know, like, like I just said, there have been some court uh, rulings that have gone in our favor as well. You never know how a court's going to go. But if you don't try, you've guaranteed the success. Well, and what I guess was Trump over twenty three. What's that? Trump was over twenty three. So I, I know what you're saying. If you first don't succeed, try, try again. But he was over twenty three. Um, let me ask you if you've had anything like this. This is reported this morning by Uncover DC, but there's no shortage of evidence and eyewitnesses. An election judge, Michelle Swinnick, has come forward to report what she experienced. She worked election day um, at an Islamic voting center in Scottsdale. She reported the center as heavy Republican with no party designated voters as the second most populous demographic. And then she said the voting machines went down, of course. The tabulators all worked perfectly during the test the night before the election, but when the scanning began immediately with the first ballots, uh, they tried to scan the ballots four to 12 times and they did not work. Only one in 10 ballots were being read properly. Voters were given directions to either spoil their ballots or try to drop them again into a section called door three. 
Now, she goes on, and I'll short-circuit this. I won't read the whole thing. But she said she witnessed, and this is now out there in public media, that they commingled the door three uncounted, uncounted uh, ballots with ballots that had already been tabulated, and they did it multiple times. And her roommate, she said, had the same exact kind of issues. He said that when he checked in uh, to vote and uh, they took his ballot, they said this will be done immediately, and it was not. And to this day, he still can't find record that his vote has counted, um, and, or even where it's at in the system. And uh, here's another thing she said. They asked her, in your opinion, why were they doing these things? Because there's other things here. Oh, here's a list of this, though. She was told by her supervisor, I've heard that you've expressed displeasure about what's going on. And she said, yes, anyone with eyes can see what's happening here. And he said, if I find out you have gone on any podcasts, I will terminate you. So then Uncover asked her, in your opinion, uh, why is this happening? All these things. And I left out about five other anomalies that she mentioned. In my opinion, the machines were programmed to do this, and it was all planned. The process and narrative, both machines and people, it was brilliantly done. They isolated the ballots to replace or not count them in 223 bags. The hard part for them in 2020 during the primary was getting the ballots to match their manufactured machine count. This way, they have everything isolated in the bags, case closed. This is from an election judge, Darren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we know this kind of stuff is happening everywhere with these election machines. And, and this is the problem with computerized voting machines. I mean, if we're going to restore the the ballots, we need to impress upon our state lawmakers uh, to uh, basically make absentee ballots a thing of the past. The problem is here in Michigan, uh, they just passed Proposal 2. And Proposal 2 is is a horrific proposal basically cast the door wide open for a massive fraud i i i believe michigan's now one of the most corrupt election states in the nation if not the world uh this this uh, proposal creates a nine-day early voting period now think of all the stuff that you can do in nine days early voting it, it requires voters to present photo identification that sounds good but you got to keep reading on the ballot it says photo identification or sign an affidavit uh, when voting in person apply, or applying for an absentee ballot. So in other words, you don't even have to really pre present the photo ID. They might as well not even have that in the sentence because the, the, the latter part of the sentence invalidates the first part. I mean, you don't need photo ID if all you have to do is, is sign an affidavit saying you are who you are. And then, uh, you know, there's something, provisions about military and overseas ballots being postmarked. That's fine, I guess. But uh, providing voters with a right to request an absentee ballot, requiring the state to fund pre-fund pre -fund prepaid stamps and tracking systems for absentee ballots. And, and, and I, I can talk about some chain, and, chain of custody issues as well, because we had the, the guy who runs the Detroit uh, election system. He basically said that there is no chain of custody. We don't need to have a chain of custody. Yeah, there you go. There's no reason to have a chain of custody. Uh, his name is Daniel Baxter. He's a, the election administrator for the city of Detroit. Uh, no chain of custody for the drops at the, the TCF center in Detroit. You know, when he was confronted about that, and, and that's what 
there's an effort now going on in the state to try to reestablish a chain of custody for these drops and for all the precinct locations so that it can be tracked from the uh, the, the county level, uh, from the precinct level rather, to the to the municipal, to the county, to the state, and make sure all of the uh, the numbers match up. And, and where they don't match up, find out why they don't match up, and to try to, to try to get the information out and get it out as quickly as possible to save the election from being invalidated. Yeah, you could say it's a long shot, but if you don't try, we've pretty much damned future generations to having unrepresented government. And uh, you know, so I think we it's incumbent upon us to try to do something about all this corruption. But yeah, it's it's difficult. I, I, I totally get the uh, – but see, this, this proposal, too, in the state, it's uh, – there's, there's other provisions in there, and then the drop boxes are probably one of the worst, most egregious things. Uh, you know, they try to say that that uh, documentary, 2,000 Mules, oh, it's been highly discredited or highly debunked. Has it hasn't been discredited in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I haven't seen any discreditation, yeah. but that's what the media is saying. But see, saying it doesn't mean it's true, and they just say it and hope everyone believes it. That's exactly right, and... The answer, it's never been answered. The, the questions it raises, especially since you have surveillance footage of these locations of people dropping off multiple ballots and coming back and bringing back more multiple ballots and dropping them off. And they go from location to location and drop off a few here, a few there, you know, 15 here, 20 there. This is how you throw an election. And until somebody gets to the bottom of this and this is investigated, uh, it, it, you know, you're not going to have an honest election, and nobody can say. See, everybody should be working for transparency. Everybody should be working for uh, the ability to, so that so that everyone knows on all sides. You know, and if the outcome is that we didn't win, then fine. Then that's that's the outcome. But at least we know it was an honest an honest process. Uh, this this proposal too also provided that uh, local governments can accept charitable and in-kind donations to assist with running elections as long as donations are disclosed and aren't from foreign entities. So local governments can accept, oh, George Soros donations, I guess. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, so you can have George Soros funding elections here in Michigan and, and people like him. He already Providing does. He already does. Here in Arizona, for example, we know through his uh, subsidiary companies like Media Matters, he supported gubernatorial candidate Katie Hobbs when she was running for Secretary of State to the tune of $2 million. The same amount went to Paul Penzone, who was uh, paid that to ostensibly unseat Joe Arpaio because of his border stance. So he's already deeply involved in our politics here in Arizona. I suspect he is in Michigan, too. This just makes it out in the open. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's that's proposal, too, anyway, and unfortunately we're, we're, we're led to believe that that passed by the people of Michigan, along with the other two egregious proposals. Uh, you know, a lot of people focused on Proposal 3, which, you know, is the abortion thing. And and I think that that brought a lot of people on the left out to vote where they probably ordinarily wouldn't have. So that could have skewed the results some. But people need to – they need to reorient their focus. We spent a lot of time focusing on national elections, federal political stuff, and I, I think it's very incumbent upon us to try to root out the corruption on a local level. I know you've been involved very heavily in Arizona, and, and you've tried to do what you can 
there as well. But every, you know, many hands make for light work. And so this effort right now to get the uh, forensic audit in place in Michigan, um, what, you know, I just, uh, I just was listening to a conference call. Patrick Kobeck is a, is a constitutional attorney and he is, he's a former Senator in the state and he's calling for, he's very heavily involved in this effort to get the forensic audit in place. And he's uh, asking people to get copies of the precinct tape. Now what this is, is it's, it's the, uh, it's the data from the actual tabulating machines from each precinct location. And it, it, they call it a zero tape. And what it does is it, it makes sure, number one, that at the beginning of the election day, there's no pre-arranged votes already on the machine. And number two, at the end of the day, make sure, you know, it, it provides in a, a tabulation <coughs> all of the races. And you can get this and request it from your local uh, clerk and get, get this up on, you know, lo- uploaded to the website. And the website is, uh, hold on a second, I'll give it to you. I think it's Precinct Eyes. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry, it's electioneyes.us. Electioneyes.us. And this is a kind of a bare-bones website right now, but right now the locations that you can do this for are Texas and Michigan, and they're looking, I think, to expand it out into other states as well. But... If even if you don't live in the state of Michigan and you want to help, you can do this because anyone can request a precinct tape uh, from any precinct. Uh, they're they're hoping to cover all of Michigan's uh, precincts, and there's 4,755 precincts in the state of Michigan. I think he said, uh, you know, a couple of days ago he had like uh, 13 of them or something like that, uh, right around that number anyway. So there there was a lot of work to be done, and a very short time to do it, but. If anybody wants to help, you can you can call the county clerk. If they won't if they won't be uh, won't cooperate with you, then you can FOIA the request. You can FOIA the tape. But getting that and then uploading it to electioneyes.us, that website, and there's also you can listen to actually these um, these conference calls at transformmi.com. What do you mean? That's transformmi.com, and they have these conference calls posted there. But so you can get more information about the process. But they're wanting these uh, these tapes, these zero tapes, uh, the precinct precinct tapes from the from the uh, election equipment, and they're going to try to uh, take this information, then gather it all up and uh, present this in a case. Because this guy is, you know, as I said, he's very, he's got an attorney, he's got attorneys on this, so he wants to be able to gather the data and present this, be able to compare the results. The idea is to compare the results from the machines to the results of the overall count. And they're looking at timetables because in the past they found discrepancies with which things were reported in the official results and on and on the news that don't match up to the actual outcomes of the machines. So that's the effort that's going on right now to try to root out the corruption. And, uh, did you see where the charges against Connick 
who was accused of uh, holding voter registration records in China. Those charges in L.A. were dropped today. No, I didn't. Yeah, those charges have gone away. That's what I mean. I don't believe anyone's ever going to be held accountable. You got the foxes watching the hen houses all over the country. I, I don't well, see. I don't see a way around it, Darren. I've spent. I can't tell you the number of thousands of hours I've spent on voter fraud in Maricopa County, and I see no solution because I see how uh, completely the system is controlled. Yeah, there's no doubt that it's an uphill fight. Well, where do I, we break through at? Uh, give me, yet. give me a breakthrough point. Uh, I'll give you an example. We've got a Republican in Arizona. We've got a Republican legislature, both houses. But you're going to probably have Katie Hobbs as the Democratic governor. She'll veto everything they try to do. Uh, you've got a criminal, and I do mean a criminal. And uh, we're going to turn our attention on uh, Adrian Fontes, too. But he's a criminal in charge of the Secretary of State. You're not going to get anywhere with him. Um, there's no recourse for people in Arizona. None. Everything that's in place will stay in place. And as I told you the other day on your show, um, they, they make a big deal now in the media that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors are made up of mostly Republicans. That doesn't matter. There, a lot of the Republican Party, the old guard, they're tied to international banking. They're in favor of what's going on. They want to block populist Republican candidates. They want to block populist movements. So uh, party affiliation has nothing to do with it. Uh, look at Mitch McConnell. He's the classic example of what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, I, 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 you know, and I'd imagine you have some pretty similar things in your state. But let me ask you this question. Here's what really baffles me. I know people can be stupid and ignorant, okay, but let's move away from that side. you got to assume some of the people that actually voted for Whitmer aren't stupid and ignorant. And you have to ask yourself, don't they give a damn about their kids, about their kids' education, about what their kids are taught, about the economy? She's going to cut off natural gas. She wants to shut down the pipeline from Canada. What about the people in the Upper Peninsula in Michigan? I mean, what what are these people thinking when they vote for someone like this? They don't think. They don't think. That's the problem. They don't do any research. They listen to MSNBC. These are the default people who don't really study situations deeply. And that's the problem is they listen. Uh, they think they're under the illusion, and I would say delusion, that Whitmer was looking out for their best interest during the COVID-19 mess. You know, so th th this is a governor, as you know, who, put, who made gardening essentially illegal in the state of Michigan. This is a governor that during the COVID mess uh, took the most totalitarian measure in place that she possibly could, any any direction, to, you know, because she gets off on being able to destroy people's lives. She's bankrupted a number of, mis uh, you know, uh, businesses in this state. I know, I, I've, you know, and find numerous others. Dana Nessel, the attorney general here, uh, went after businesses if employees weren't wearing masks or, or, or one employee wasn't wearing a mask properly. They would they would send their little goon squad from to, from one business to another, and 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 fine businesses tens of thousands of dollars. I know I used to get the messages from the state of Michigan. The state police put out these notifications of enforcement, and I would read these during that whole COVID mess. And I'm just saying, you know, they literally put thousands of business business in the state, either through fines, through forcing them to stay shut down. 
because they were deemed non-essential. And so, but, but there is a segment of the state population, and I'm sorry to say it's, it's a quite substantial segment of the state population that still is under the delusion that that this is somehow in the public interest to be able to be done. And make no mistake about it, if we if we lose this process of elections, they're going to keep us locked down on a regular basis. There's already been talk about climate lockdowns. There's going to be, you know, the, 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 right now the WHO, and you probably know this as well, uh, you're a very informed individual, and I know your audience is really smart. Uh, the WHO is in the process right now of setting up a goon squad, you know, the, through the pandemic treaty. They want to be able to have the power to come into your country and to declare a, a a health emergency and unilaterally shut down areas. So 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 it's an essential martial law that they want to be able to come in, suspend everything, and be able to force you to stay home, lock you up, make you basically a prisoner in your own home. And this could go on indefinitely. Think China, only apply it to the world. That's what that's the power that they want to be able to do. And, and these state governments are are going to implement that uh, on people. You know, uh, Biden's very friendly with the WHO. He's very friendly, as you know, with the World Economic Forum, which is where the stuff is coming from. And so that's those are the stakes, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't stay involved and do what you can to try to roll this thing back. And, and I understand it gets real discouraging. You know, I uh, I fight that on, on a regular basis myself. Those of us who have been at this for, for many years, we get tired. We get weary. We get worn out. But, you know, there are things that are the, 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 the good thing, and I'm trying to sound like a Pollyanna here, but the good things that are happening, we have never had more people on our side than we do now. We have never had more people tuned in. And, and yeah, I, I can give Trump some credit for that. Uh, because he caused a lot of people to be uh, galvanized around this, the idea that, you know, we need to fight for our country when people were pretty much tuned out, I think, prior to 2016 or prior to the 2016 election. So there's a lot of the corruption and, 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 and the, the, head, the mask was taken off the beast at this point, and it was revealed for what it was. That being said, uh, you know, where I have problems with Trump is a lot of the uh, things that he went along with listening to Debbie Burks and Fauci and shutting down our economy across the country and, you know, facilitating all of this, this mess, which ultimately led to his own demise because he ended up being, uh, you know, they ended up being able to rig the election better, which is what I think really was a big, a big intent for it all along. But they're going to take this <coughs> against us in the future in a major way. And that's why, you know, we have to we have to stay engaged and, and not get discouraged to the point where we end up quitting because there's too much. We have to stay engaged. OK, we can stay engaged and keep doing the same thing over again. And hopefully you win some officials over because that's what it will take. But also, too, I look at the Democrats. If you look at history, this is the time they're going to say this is how we uh, this is the time to centralize power. And this is when the coup can become a purge. And I think our attention, maybe whether we want it to be or not, is going to be taken off elections and on just basic survival because of what they're going to do to us. Yeah, and I, I think basic survival, number one, 
that should be everybody's first priority. Uh, you know, getting getting the election back. I mean, obviously, we're dealing with a timetable here in Michigan, so people have to uh, focus their attention as best they can on trying to get this thing done before the deadline. With that being said, more broadly, I think we do have to make sure that we're prepared and, and, and whatever that means to you, you know, I've had people before when I would say things about, you know, being prepared and everything, people would get mad at me for not having more specific things. What, well, what do we do? You know, what, what I can't tell you what to do because I don't know your circumstance. And, you know, I always told those people who got angry at me, you know, I put it right back at them and said, use the gray matter between your ears. You know, you know your situation, you know your financial condition. And yes, you know, a lot of people are strapped for cash. Uh, you know, I'm not independently wealthy either. And we have to look at our situation and decide what we can do. You know, uh, whether it be living in, if you live in a rural area, maybe you might consider building a chicken coop and getting some chickens. I mean, that's that's a pretty basic starting point, I would say. And, you know, that'll keep you busy for a little bit. But the important thing is at least now you're getting something. And anything that you can, you know, when spring arrives, put in a garden. You know, uh, try your hand at gardening if you've never done that before. I know a lot of people have, you know, are pretty good at growing things, you know, but the more you can do that, getting in, getting into canning, jarring, you know, uh, these are things, anything you can do to make yourself a little less dependent upon the system, you know, that'll keep you alive potentially one more day. And the problem is we don't know. We can't plan for every eventuality, but we know a couple of things are happening here. We've already seen the store shelves go empty. We've already seen how, the, how panic buying can kick in very quickly. You know, with the COVID thing, that that was a real wake-up call to a lot of people. We've been predicting that kind of thing for years, and we saw it during the COVID thing. I know, you know I'm from Alabama, Franklin County, where we have uh, – a lot of my relatives live on a mountain that ice is over in the wintertime. And I can tell you right now, whenever there's a an ice storm that's getting ready to come, I mean, a lot of these people are, you know, generational farmers. and But still, the store shelves still go empty when they have an ice storm on their way. So, you know, they're very familiar with that kind of thing down there. Here in the north, we don't get that a lot, uh, except that, when the COVID mess happened, we, you know, a lot of people in the North, you know, they, it was kind of their first foray, I think, into empty store shelves, at least as far as anyone could remember. So, so this is something we're going to see more and more of. And you mentioned the diesel shortage. That's something that's certainly looming on the horizon seems to be getting worse. And as soon as people get it, you know, catch wind of that happening, then, uh, you know, I think I think there's going to be a lot of panic buying again. Your your basic staples are going to disappear. Uh, you know, spaghetti noodles. You know, I can't understand why people uh, start massive buying toilet paper and bread. Uh, somehow there seems to be some deep seated fear of not having enough toilet paper. There's other ways to solve that problem. So that's not your first thing to be worried about. But uh, people need to be concerned about basic staples and any way that you can produce this stuff yourself because that's going to keep you alive one more day and it's going to, you know, but if you live in a city, I mean, there's my, my number one piece of advice has been the regular uh, advice. Everybody always gives is if you can get out of the city, get out of the city. 
and everybody's situation is different, I understand, uh, because those are going to be the first areas where it's going to be, you know, potentially mass rioting and looting. We saw that during the whole George Floyd thing. Uh, you want to try to get out of the city if you can. I realize that's, you know, there's no pat solution for everybody. But uh, getting into the rural areas if you can, and, and then you can do more, maybe get some land, get the garden in, get chickens, uh, maybe a goat or two, you know. Uh, these these are things, anything you can do to increase your self-sufficiency and then also refrigeration, power generation. I know you have solutions that you offer on your show on a, on a regular basis day for, for some of this stuff. But that's that's really got to be our focus right now because we're – the government's going to be working against us, and even that's not foolproof. Yeah, you're kind of reinforcing my one of my original notions. We need to move away from their power control grid and move outside the system and be self-sufficient. That's what I just heard you say. Yeah, we're 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 headed into the winter right now. It's just turned off very cool cool here in Michigan. We've got some flakes of snow coming down here today, where I'm at right now, and. Uh, so people have already got to be thinking about heating their houses. Uh, you know, the fuel prices are going up now for propane and, you know, heating oil. And it's going up across the board for everything. And so this is one thing people have to think about. You know, we might consider getting a wood-burning stove uh, if you haven't already had one. You just Maybe even just to have it, you know, uh, so you can install it when you, as you need it. But at least you have it because there could be a rush on all that. Didn't the EPA outlaw those? I thought they did. Well, I know that they, they outlawed certain kinds. Uh, you can still find used ones that are around. I, I think that they were putting regulations in place for particulate matter, you know, uh, <laughs> but you can still you can still get them. Uh, but you won't be able to get them if everybody's trying to get them. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's just like the food that I sell, too. I've been telling people for months that this was coming, and now – the train people are telling me that if the mechanics strike, they're not crossing the line, and that'll be the beginning. So, um, and then it'll be Katie bar the door. So, yeah, people just they don't, people procrastinate, and in an area like this, procrastination is fine when you're talking about making your bed in the morning, but when you're talking about essentials for survival, that's not a good habit to have. No, exactly right. So, yeah. That's that that that's really the best thing I could say is is not to be discouraged. I mean, yes, people can lick their wounds, people can get upset, but it's time to roll up our sleeves and really get to work. And there's a lot yeah. of things you can do individually, you know, you, you can do it politically, but do it individually. And if you spend your time doing on the things that you can do, then we won't have time to worry about the things we can't do. I guess that's the message I have. Yeah, but the people, if you're not worrying about what you can't do, those people on the other side are worried about what they can do to you with the power they already have. I, I look at it like this. Um, elections are going to become far less important to me in terms of where I center my efforts. Um, I'm going to have to look at activism uh, as a hobby and adaptation is a primary vocation. Um, I have to learn how to live in this system and help my family survive in this system and then transmit that knowledge to my audience. 
Mm-hmm. We need to be outside their systems of control. That means that uh, this is why I advertise for Noble Gold. They can diversify you to the point where the government has very little oversight of what you have. They can pass a law, but they're not in your house, is what I'm saying. So they really have no idea what you're doing in some areas. And then I talk about the food, the water filtration. Historically, dictators have used this to control people. So I say, let's take away that mechanism of control. Don't make yourself vulnerable to their whims. Uh, don't. Yeah. We're coming to a point where I'm going to tell people, don't use credit cards. Don't use your bank debit cards. Uh, you're going to have to go about business differently. Don't shop at the corporate stores. I mean, there's things, and I'm not saying as a matter of malice. I'm saying it as a matter of practicality. You want to help those entities survive that you need to survive. And your local business is less likely to turn on you than, say, a Walmart. Well, I'll even go you one deeper, uh, Dave. I think that there, there, the day is quickly coming where you will not have the option of shopping in your local stores. So I'm, I'm Unless you're in black market. I want to add that. Yeah, I'm, I'm firmly in your camp right now as far as building parallel systems because I think that that and, and that would technically be I guess a black market but going with a parallel system of some kind and that's why I love Andrew Torba and what he's doing with Gab because he's trying to to build parallel systems and try to you know even with the banking and stuff I mean he's he's, he's doing his part to try and and that's what everyone needs to be focused on yeah I um... But I, have I'll to, give the, I have to hand it to the Democrats. They've done a great job uh, solidifying their power. Yeah, and it's not, to be fair, it's not just the Democrats. It's the establishment Republicans as yeah, well. Yeah, well, I, I, I lump them into one coal. Mitch McConnell's yeah. a Democrat. Liz Cheney's a Democrat. Lisa Murkowski's a Democrat. Um, I, I, I'm using that as a euphemism to describe anyone who's not for the Constitution. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, a few candidates out there that have done a pretty good job, doing the best they can anyway, and uh, so those ones should be honored. But, yeah, I mean, we're in a situation right now where, I mean, we've seen it coming miles away, and it doesn't make it any easier once it's once it's here. The noose is definitely tightened, and it will continue to tighten with these vaccine passports. Yeah, They're not going to let up. They're already uh, talking about the next pandemic. They were talking about the next pandemic right in the middle of the the, the last pandemic, you know, and, and I'm using the word pandemic loosely because, frankly, I don't think it had to be anywhere near what they made it out to be. Uh, this was all a political pandemic is what it really was, political corruption. <laughs> I know. I hear you. Um, they've got it all worked out. They've had it worked out. They've got their plan B and C in effect. Um, and so, I, I, you know, listen, tip of the cap for people that have game planned very well. I'm a former coach. I respect game planning. It's just, unfortunately, they're game planning for the most evil force in the universe. And, um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not uh, well, I guess I am. You know, honestly, here's how I see this, Darren, at the end of the day. Um the only people that could keep voting for the demise of themselves and their own people and keep bringing us programs that promote demise of themselves and their and their own families would be people who are satanically controlled and they don't see the difference. They don't see the consequences of their actions. And therefore, I've come to view this as a fight between good and evil. 
Yeah, I am totally with you on that. It's a, it's definitely a battle between good and evil, and we're on the side of good, and the other side, some of them, some of the minions actually think, they're, they're, they're self-deceived enough to think that they're on the side of good, and the you know the virtue signaling that goes on. I was recently in a meeting where there were some of these left-wing people, and it was it was funny because uh, there was there was a woman that sat down beside me, uh, and then after a few minutes she gets up and moves over, and 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 pulls a chair in between her and me. And I'm thinking, okay, I showered this morning. What what was the reason for that? I look over at her and smiled. And she kind of gave me this funny, awkward smile back. And then I realized, oh, this is a virtue signal for her. She's she's doing the social distancing thing, you know. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, well, lady, where is your mask? Yeah. Why don't you all I in? know. Did you see the CDC is now recommending masks this fall? <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. That came me out today. I read that today. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna go back down, and we're gonna be doing this whole, you know. 2020 thing all over again with the pandemic and it's it's predictable as the next day you know they're going to do it all over again and they're going to keep pushing you look there are there are companies right now that have been and i may have mentioned this on a previous broadcast where i was on your show but there are companies right now that have been working to harmonize the regulations and harmonize all the technical aspects of all these various vaccine passport things. And this is an enormous investment. The Gates Foundation is very involved in this. Uh, Bill Gates, various tentacles, uh, you know, where he invests money into various things. And they're, they're, they're very involved in trying to harmonize all the technical regulations and have standards in place. That's really the word I was looking for is standards. Yeah. Because they want to be able to have different companies be able to offer it, but have it all be credentialed by a centralized authority and then be able to push this on the public. I don't so care how they label it. It's illegitimate authority. And yes. we're under no obligation to obey them because, one, they're violating the rights of humanity. Two, they're violating the constitutional tenets of our own government. So we have no obligation to obey them. How much of voluntary compliance do you think they rely on? Ultimately, we got about they, 30 seconds. They rely upon the masses to be able to comply. Yeah, that's it. And if we could convince the masses to say go to hell, I think they'd have major problems. But that's a process of education, Dave. We I have know, to and that's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing here. And that's why I'm saying I stand up and say no to them, and that may be more effective than the vote that doesn't count. Darren, tell people how they can follow your show, because you've got a terrific show, and it's been great for years. Thank you. Uh, you can go to governamerica.com. That's governamerica.com. And that's where you can get the past archives of the show. Uh, you can get the... Uh, November 12th show that Dave Hodges was on and the third hour. And uh, so governamerica.com. And I wanted to say one other thing real quickly. Uh, if anybody did want, does want to help out with the precinct, uh, you know, tapes and stuff from the county clerks, you don't have to live in Michigan, but you can uh, email this gentleman, rw247365 at gmail.com. That's rw 247365 at gmail.com and just tell them you would like to help 
any way you can, and he'll he can explain the process of of, of doing that. Yeah, so. I, I remember General Patton said, "We're not retreating; we're just fighting in a different direction." Keep your spirits That's up, it. folks. Thanks, Darren. It was good, very very good information. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you all. Thank you.